Hey folks, Libby here at Behind the Service. I wanted to give a big shout out to our sponsor, BetterHelp, for sponsoring our podcast. As a veteran caregiver-related podcast, we cover a lot of sensitive topics and difficult issues that our families experience while caring for our veteran. One of the biggest challenges caregivers often face is the isolation and loss of self once becoming a caregiver. Maneuvering through all of the chaos in today's society can be quite debilitating, so reaching out to someone who is qualified to help can be a starting point in moving forward. And that's why I'm proud to announce our connection with BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com. BetterHelp.com is one of the leaders in online counseling and will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. So this is a great opportunity to talk to somebody and you don't even have to leave your own couch to sit on someone else's. If you go to betterhelp.com forward slash behind the service, you can be connected to a therapist in under 48 hours. If you're not comfortable talking over the phone, you could start by texting. They have video chat options, real-time phone options, and you meet weekly at the discretion of your counselor. Now, This is not a crisis line, it's not self-help. It is a professional therapy done securely online. It is someone who is trained in handling veteran-related issues and can help you tackle that mountain of struggles together rather than alone. If you go to betterhelp.com forward slash behind the service, you will automatically be put in for a discount code of 10% off your first month of therapy. If you do not see the 10% off automatically, just put in the discount code behind the service as that also gives you your 10% off. And if you are experiencing financial hardships, let them know there is financial aid available in the form of an extra discount. Again, that is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash behind the service. They are great at what they do. And what they do is help veteran families to be well. Hey, listeners, our hope is that someone listening will know that they aren't alone and there are people out there that are going through similar situations. But I was trying to think about that. What does that phrase mean? You're not alone. I can just say that you're not alone, but what's some practical tips that you guys can take away from this podcast? One way to do that is by utilizing resources that we cover on here. We highlight some amazing organizations that provide support to our families. Today, we are highlighting another caregiver spotlight, and I'm a little biased on her name. I love her name. Her name's Libby. So Libby, welcome to Behind the Service. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm glad you're here. So mindset for me is everything, right? So I can get up with a really bad attitude and have a really crappy day, or I can get up with a great attitude and seize the day kind of thing. But it's all in really the way that you show up for yourself so that you can show up for others. Is that something that you've struggled with too, Libby? Or do you find yourself as Mary Poppins, like a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down? I wish it was that easy. (laughs) Right? So I have four kids my husband and I, and it's definitely mindset because if I'm not going to show up, who else is going to be there? Like there's no one else to get them going. And there are definitely days where it's hard to get up without a doubt, especially following an episode. But 
I have to fight through it. What else do I do? And I do it for my kids. Yeah. I have to. I try to make things as normal as I can for them. So I get up and keep going and I tell myself that this is going to be a good day and we can do this. And something that we've started saying a lot, and I say it with my kids, especially my younger kids, because my older two are like, oh, mom, that's lame. But my younger two, we do positive affirmations every morning. And one of the things we say is I can do hard things. I love that. Yeah. Because like we can, and that's part of life is doing hard things. And so that's very true. Yeah. So Libby had posted here original Libby one, got Libby one, Libby two. I know my husband's like, how are we going to, how are you guys going to do this? I know. So she, she had pasted here the, um, the words to the song, right? And I'm going to read them really quick. It starts off with a big giant lie. And says, in every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. It's all in mindset and how you look at it, girl. Come on now. <laughs> you can look at it later as fun, some things, like maybe funny, but there's certainly like little moments necessarily that aren't part of the job. Like every single minute isn't fun. But as far as being a spouse and being part of a family and everybody has problems. So in that part of it, yes, we certainly find fun, but we don't have to necessarily enjoy the circumstance. But it says you find the fun and snap the jobs, a game and every task you undertake becomes a piece of cake, a lark, a spree. It's very clear to see that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down the medicine go down. And then it repeats again, the medicine and go down. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down in a most delightful way. Robin feathering his nest has very little time to rest while gathering his bits of twine and twig through quite intent in his pursuit. He has a merry tune to toot. He knows a song will move the job along. And it is really all mindset. And I think one thing that I thought about yesterday when I was looking over this, Libby one, is that first off, it's better than a spoonful of a lot of other things like vinegar, or if you're doing medicine, it's, there's probably something wrong, right? Like you're not just walking around, everything is fine. So you're confronting some sort of issue. So my conclusion to it is that it's okay to not be happy about the circumstance all the time. It's about your attitude through the circumstance. So that's just my little two cents. Do y'all agree? I totally agree because If you, we don't like everything that we have to do. We just don't. That's just reality. And if we go about it and we're negative and pissy and it just makes it worse. Yeah, it really does. You know, where if we just suck it up, go through it and have the best attitude, then I feel like it's not as miserable maybe. That's sometimes easier said than done. And it's also attitudes are contagious. That's the thing that we don't like to think about, but they really are. And the negative ones, sometimes I'm surprised how quickly they can manifest and turning that back to a positive can take a really long time. Absolutely. So yeah, you answered this earlier, but I want you to go into it a little bit more. You said that it's your kids really that motivates you, which... I love because there's no better thing. And you were the one as their mother to tell them this story of their life. And I do the same thing. My husband has bomb brain. That's the way we explained that to our little girl when she was small. And now she knows the words mental illness and traumatic brain injury and things like that. 
But what yeah. motivates you every day to get up and to keep going with the responsibilities that you have as a caregiver and really how that relates to your four children as well? Because they're part of this story too. They are. And they have been through some crap that they should never have had to deal with. And I think that's one of my goals is to not let it continue. Like we can't let some of those things that have happened happen. And we were in survival mode for so long. It's so easy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, we have to break this cycle. Like Like we cannot keep doing this. So my husband and I have been married 18 years this November. And so the first, you know, six-ish years, he was fine. Like he was just shoving it all down, could keep a job for about a year and a half and then would lose his job. And so we went on this cycle until the, we started getting to know some, I'm getting off sidetracked too, but we started to get some, know some other veterans. And, and then that's, we went full disability and we're on that route. And he's had I I don't even know how many surgeries and the PTSD. So we were, went from being somewhat normal to like total dysfunction. And then we were trying to cycle out of that. It's been a couple of years now, but I can't keep repeating that cycle for my kids. Like I can't, my oldest just turned 16 and like, (laughs) that's horrible. And so I think that's one of my things is like, we can't. And so that keeps me focused. It's not always easy. And I also set the mood, like where you said, it's interesting how a negative mood can just change everything or a positive mood can change it. And when I'm having a bad day, which I can't have, and everyone feels it and everyone, like I, especially my little ones, I notice like they'll be whinier or just because they don't know what to do with those emotions. And I'm, I do have bad days <laughs> for sure, but yeah, I've just got to break the cycle and he's trying hard, but he's not going to be the one to lead the way. As caregivers, we don't take care of ourselves. Like that's what we're noticing as we don't, we're either taking care of our family, we're taking care yeah. of our veteran. And some instances are more than others or more families have more issues than others, but it's so important that we do take the time as spouses to take care of ourselves and tend to the needs that we have. And there are some resources for caregivers out there. I know there's not a lot. But are there resources that you've been able to utilize over this time? I have found a couple. I feel ones we have used are more family oriented, which is still hard because they grasp such a large variety of people, which is hard to really, I guess, wounded warriors is one like they do activities and those are hard to get into. We've done the Simplify Fund too. But one group that I have recently found on Instagram is the Veterans Spouse Project. I just seen that the other night. Did you? Yes. yes I just found it the other night and I'm like, oh, I got to research this and see what yes. this is about. So I think they're new. Yeah. I found them when we were having a dip and I was like, okay, I've got to, because it's something that I've learned over the last year-ish because we're all in some kind of therapy in this family is that I have to take care of myself. Like yeah. it is a priority 
to make the rest of my family be able to function. And so I noticed them and I have gone to a couple of their Zoom meetings and I've really enjoyed them. They use some art, they did mindfulness and we practiced breathing and it I did the first one maybe in June or July and I think they have something every Sunday, but it's like a different group. That, so the one that I really enjoyed, I can't remember what it was specific, might just be on mindfulness. I don't know. But her name was Wendy. So I think it's like the first Sunday of every month. And so it's just been hard to get back because the time is like bedtime. And but yes, I would definitely look into them. So veterans spouse project. From what I have done with them, they seem great. And I know they do retreats. I don't know how often, but I saw on Facebook that they had just gone to Alaska. So yeah, I don't know how many women it's easy to leave for extended amounts of time. For me, I can't. Caregivers on the home front, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they do mental health and wellness retreats for veteran caregivers and you apply for the program and they do them all over the country. If you go to caregiversonthehomefront.org, you can apply for the program. They do those retreats and it's only veteran spouses. And then they are trying to incorporate some kids programming into the programs, which is great because that's another thing that we've found is the children are suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Terribly. So, and theirs is like theirs, it's only a couple of days. They try to make it local for people because it seems like you would have to take off a while to go to Alaska. That sounds like at least three to four days, you know, maybe even five. Yeah. So, this one is they're going to be in the local area within a couple hours' drive of their veteran, and it's only a couple of days. So, it does make it a little bit more feasible. And it's a mental health retreat. So, it's not like a pampering thing, although you do plenty of. We do fun things and it seems almost pampering because they you stay together in the same area. And like so sleepover. it's like a kind of a, yeah, like a sleepover in a way, but there's like, you have the same food and everything like that. So it, it was a lot of fun whenever Libby so, and I went. Yeah. And then you leave, whenever you leave, all of those women have come from your local area. So now you have families that are within, and we've seen the one that we went to in Texas, those ladies are getting together again. They're getting ready to have another, just let's get together, see what's going on. They, they also do like trauma reboot courses for the, your individual group. They'll do that and offer that. They offer mental health treatment, different things. So definitely that's the out. thing. It's like, I didn't know that this was how it's going to be. It's not like I'm educated in this. I don't have background on mental health. And then to realize that, oh, guess what? Now I myself have my own mental health because what's been, and then your kids. And so it's like understanding those, being able to navigate it and have the right tools to you. Although pampering is fun. They go over these kinds of things. They even do things like, oh my gosh, they did one on um, suicidality and caregivers and talked about the need to have a plan. And mm-hmm, see, yeah. I that's the first time I've ever really heard about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not for the veteran. Only for the caregiver. Yeah. Only and for the like these programs with the family unit, those are absolutely great. All these organizations that are helping our families, so helpful. And that's mainly um, what we've done. Yeah. It's family oriented ones or places that will send you somewhere. We've done the universal trip or this trip. And it's like, that's great. Like my kids have 
fun as long as dad doesn't have an episode in the middle of Universal, which happened. Didn't, yeah, to have an episode. It's full of people. Yeah. So that's great and all, but it's not helping in the long run. It's not. Mm-mm. And that's why yeah. we wanted to highlight that kind of stuff. And we're not saying we're ungrateful for any of these. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, don't, do we say these things? But I don't want to take offense. But at the same time, we're like, let's get to the I think there's, I the think there's different the kinds here. of people too. There's people who come from mental health backgrounds or there's people who come from medical backgrounds who may know a little bit more, or maybe they have a family member that struggles with schizophrenia or something like that, where they have a little bit better holds. But I was like you, Libby, too, in the fact that it was like, what is going on? I'm in IT. I work. This is not in my realm. I have no idea what's happening right now. I, this is above my whole entire existence. And what do you tell your kids? How do you explain? And a lot of it to me came through prayer. But when faced with certain issues like PTSD episodes, navigating care, what did you find that works for you and your family? And if you need a couple of examples, one that I found that works for me and my family when my daughter was, our daughter was real little. She was in like kindergarten first grade by the time she realized that her dad was different like why doesn't daddy have a job other dads have a job that was one that we were that we talked about another one was why does dad have behavior that I have to tell her I need you to understand that it's not appropriate to act in that way she's very confused why I just explained it to her as there was a little boy with autism in her class who had a caregiver in the class and I said this is very similar if he acts out like if he makes a loud noise in class the caregiver is going to take care of him the teacher's not going to get on to him and it's because he has special needs and that's that's what your dad has and that's why I'm here but explaining that too to kids because to them they're a perfectly functional dad and sometimes excellent dads. My yes. my husband's a wonderful father and that's usually everybody's first question is oh no how horrible is your kid's life. And so it's really not but we have a different life than you. So yes. I don't know if that helps you answer the question any but I'm really interested in what you're about to say. It's such a long road we've been on. So At first, it was just like the run, get out, go, because it was so bad. Get in the car. And my oldest would. So I have 8, 11, 13, and 16. And it probably started when my youngest was like six months old. And so my oldest would help. And he would see the needs, grab shoes. This one needs diapers. This one, you know, and so we would grab everything and hop in the car and get out. And then, so there was never even explain what's going on here. Why are we doing this? It was pure survival. So then fast forward five years and it's talked about a little bit more because some of it, I didn't know what was going on. Like what in the world? Why is he doing this? And so now when we see things happen, there's go for a drive. Like you need to calm down. Like I'll tell my husband that. And we've come far just for the fact that he can recognize that when I say that, like he just needs to do it. It's not me being mean. It's not because I don't love him. It's not because I'm being hateful or judgmental. It's because he's really worked up and he needs to just go for a drive or put in earbuds and just listen to your music. And we have had to explain to the kids, like, dad has PTSD. 
And this is what happens. Is his behavior okay? No. But this is this is what we're dealing with. And we just love him for who he is and what he can do. And they see dad working hard at being better. Dad's been in a lot of programs. They see that, but they do see that he's different, right? Like they do. We have had the talk, like, what does my dad do for work? My husband is a nurse. He was not a, he was infantry, a gunner on top of a Humvee. So totally different. But now he wanted to continue to help people when he got out. So he is an RN. And so my oldest just says, my dad's a nurse. Like he doesn't even go there because we are different. And I think that is hard. And although like I have a support system, we're very active in our church. It's not the same. They don't understand. Yeah. It's hard to explain that even just to like the outside world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cause they don't get it. And so I think that's one of the reasons I started my Instagram page is to get Mm -hmm. to know people like you and find other sources too, because although I know my friends from church and other places love me and care for me and want to help, they don't get it. How many times have you heard he should just get it together? I'm just wondering. So a lot. But it's typically from family. Yeah. Because I'm not sure friends would be so bold to say that. Mm -hmm. But family says it all the time. Yeah. Now, as far as the navigating the care part, I know for my husband, trying to get him to either go see somebody, do counseling, things like that. And then it got to the point where I was like, you know what? throwing up my hands. If you're not going to make the decision to go and get help for yourself, I can't help you. I'm not going to like do it for you. We divorced for a while. I can't do that for him anymore. Like that's what I was doing. I was like putting it on myself to, oh, fix him. I can't do that. That's not my job. That's not my responsibility. He has to be responsible to fix himself. Yeah. And we went through that too. And it got to the point where I was like, you get real help or I'm gone. Like it's not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's no, I don't want my kids to come from a divided home, but it's not healthy for them to keep living like this. So it got to the point where it was like, you go get help or we're gone. And so he was forced into a program because it got so bad and he was suicidal, which Mm -hmm. is typical of these guys. And so we got in a little bit of trouble and was forced to go to this program, but it was the biggest blessing. Mm -hmm. And they made him do these things. They put him on this path and it took a long time. It was about a two and a half year program and took him a good six months to be like, okay, this is not only for my family, but this is for myself. Like I got to get my crap together. Yeah. I reached that, you know, they reached that point where they're like, okay, we got, I got to do something. Something's got to change. So that's so happened better. That just, uh, isn't a fix all either. No, it's not. What'd it's you say, a Dad? step. I think it's a bridge almost. And that's one thing I'm learning is that I used to wonder like, when is everything going to be okay? And I think I was looking for an expectation of perfection. And that is just it's insanity doing the same thing over and expecting different results. And yeah. We did, we've done a lot of, my husband's been in an inpatient psychiatric ward um, over 10 times, I think. And done that it, a couple it times. was, yeah, it was all within the two year time span when he was really going through the worst 
part of it. And he did a couple of long-term stays as well. And one of the 45-day stays, he said one of the biggest breaking points for him was he was telling everybody in the morning, I guess, like at group, how difficult his wife was. And one of the guys <laughs> said, he goes, oh, sorry, man, buddy. And I just got here the other day. I understand. I'm, maybe I'm not fully caught up. I've listened to you talk here. What is it that makes you think that you're so easy to live with? And <laughs> the guy just, Richard said he was like, oh, but you're in group. And he was like, you sat here and said all this stuff about her, but what about you? But how about you? You don't seem very easy to live with at all. And Richard said that was just like, he didn't even know what to say. And then he was like, yes, oh my gosh, I never even thought about that. And you would think about it was like, why could you not think about that? But if your brain isn't working properly, that's why you can't think properly. So it's, I know we all can't see it. But sometimes it's just the minor little things. I'm forever grateful for that man, wherever he may be today. God bless him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and well, for some and- reason, it seems, sorry. No, go ahead. Go, go, go. It seems like it has to always come from someone else. Like I could say one thing and then someone else, like a mentor yeah. friend says the same thing. And he's, guess what someone said to me? And I thought, and I'm like, I've been saying this forever. <laughs> But you know what? Whatever works. But it is mindset. It's like shifting that mindset, really. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about one of the last things that you've done for yourself specifically. So for Aaron, and at least for me, it was starting this podcast. And then I went to a rock concert because I love rock concerts. Something I wanted to have you focus on something that you do for yourself. What is something? A lot lately. But I... So I started school. Good for you. Which is things. It's huge. What are you and it's doing? So stressful. Public relations. Good for you. So, yeah, it'll be fun-ish. Great. I don't know. It's stressful, but I think it's um, important though that because I feel like the things were like your podcast or a rock concert or even starting school. Those are like pretty huge things. But I think it's important to realize that. Even like the day-to-day things are, it's important. So as I read the questions over again, before we got on, I was thinking the last thing I really did for myself was yesterday. I went for a run. I'm a runner and I've been so busy because I sub and I go to school and I have four kids Wow. and a disabled husband. So there's so many things. So it's hard to do all these things, but like even getting away for 30 or 40 minutes to go on a run and feel like a sweaty, hot mess, mm-hmm. but it was for me and it's so good for the mind. Yeah. So I think even driving around for 30 minutes or sitting outside or taking a shower yes. <laughs> or a long bath. Yeah. Yes. With no one coming in. There you go. Drink a glass of wine. Our hot water heater is broken right now. So I've been doing those pot baths, like where you just, I don't fill the whole bath up. I just fill up the one big pot and wash my hair with it and then do the sponge bath. And I've found myself, which it's getting ready to get fixed, but it's a process. It's not like some people who have it together and it's, oh, think the hot water broke. Five minutes later, it's fixed. And it yeah, takes us that? a little while. Got to find the old paperwork for the old one. Where's that kind of deal? Call the number. But I found myself in there the other day thinking, I was like, 
thank you, God, for this pot and this water. And I was like, man, I'm really getting somewhere in life. I'm my <laughs> own hero <laughs> right now at this minute but um, you know because you I'm being what, positive about it in this mind well, frame. There you go. Yeah. And you said a, a thing like the other people that have it together, they probably don't have it together either. Yeah. It looks like it. So yeah. yeah, it's all in the way you perceive things or show. It people. really is. Yeah. And I think that's a thing. And we all probably hear this like with social media yeah. and Instagram. People look like they have it together. And I'm not bold enough to put a picture of me sobbing on there. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> well, I just want to know like, how many of those takes do they need? Like how many, many times do you have to do it before it comes out good? And why can you cry and look pretty? I don't know. But a right. lot of people do it. Because <laughs> not me. No, me neither. So do you have a strong support system and resources to support you currently? I know you said you go to church, which is a big one for us. Although sometimes you do feel like it's it's really an odd place to share at times, but you do find some great gems inside of the churches. You'll find people who really do understand, but sometimes it can be hard too. It can be hard because I think sometimes people think you go to church because you're perfect. perfect. And so Mm -hmm. they put on that facade. So that's hard. And my husband's an open book when he's in a pissy mood. And you know why he's in a pissy mood type of thing where I'm like, be quiet. Like just put on a sweat, you know, (laughs) Um, I have great friends at church. I really do. And some of them, I really can be like, oh my gosh, I'm going through hell right now. But like, we've kind of said, like, it's not the same. So I do feel like I'm searching out still to find that different support on people who really understand and aren't going to say things like, can't he pull it together? Yeah. Or why don't you just leave? Because some situations, that's what you should do. But not all. No, it's not a one size fits all. Yeah. We did just go on a awesome retreat and this isn't really like an individual caregiver thing, but it was through All Secure. I've heard of them and I would love to get Jen on or Tom on to talk about their organization. Yeah. They are great. And so it's typically for special forces, Mm -hmm. but they had a slot and I don't know exactly what your husband said, but so we got a slot to a retreat last month. And it was great. And it made me not feel so alone because it was, although there wasn't like interacting as much with one another, because it was more trying to build your relationship on being stronger. You heard other people's stories and you're like, oh, that's me. Mm -hmm. We've done that. I have been there. She understands. She does the same thing with her husband and says, what the heck are you doing? You know, Mm -hmm. so that was really comforting. And I would love to be able to go to more things like that. But like I said, that wasn't just a caregiver thing. That was more of like a spouse, but I'm always open for more. I wish I knew more. Besides caregivers on the home front, we've found, what's the other one? Operation Family Caregiver. Have you heard of them? They do life coaching for the caregiver only. It's not for the veteran. If you reach out to them, they can provide, it's, I think, I can't remember how many weeks of just one-on-one coaching with a a life coach is what they call them. Operation Family Caregiver. Libby had a coach with them and she really liked it. Yeah, he was really great. I'll have to look into it because so a lot of the groups that we're familiar with were able to help us out financially 
Or like I said, as the whole family, it's hard to find. I do feel it's hard to find caregiver specifics. I do go to a therapist too. And so I think that's one thing that helps. Oh, yeah. They don't understand the specifics of a veteran life. Maybe they do. It's just good to get that help. Absolutely. I had a therapist when... I first, when Richard was, my husband was first going through his diagnosis of traumatic brain injuries. And I had a therapist who cared for her brother who had traumatic brain injury. And that was really beneficial for me. And she treated my husband, me, and then the oldest, my husband has two older daughters, 23, 21. And the 23 year old at the time lived with us. She was 18 and she went also. And so it was really nice to be able for us all to see the same person, even though we saw her separately, because she was able to really help us put together pieces and see like where maybe I might just be a little bit off and then explain. And a lot of times it's just, it sounds so silly and so basic, but we go around treating like the world is almost like a mirror. This is what I would want. But a lot of times it's not, we're very different people. We work very differently. We're put together differently. The way that we think, the parts that we play are all so different and we forget about that. And that can, it really over time, if you, and I think too, anytime you have mental illness, we forget, at least my husband and I, we will forget to have communication check in the military communication check and safety was just a standard part of their life and part of their day. But we noticed we would, it's very easy for us to get off track. And once we're off track, it's like, why even have a track at that point? We're both in two different, on two different trains, going two different ways. And wake up and like, why are we so far apart? (laughs) And it's because we haven't been doing any communication checks at all. And that's one thing that we, with Jen and Tom, that we did a lot of practicing that. Like phrases Mm -hmm. that you say when you're, yeah. So that was like really helpful. It's just learning and having the tools to use. Yeah. I'd like to see someone do something and maybe we should do this. Maybe we should ask Stacey to do it. Libby one. But I would love to see somebody do something that's over for caregiver and the veteran together. Like, here's a really good explanation of what a caregiver is and isn't. And here are some expectations because I think it's very, it can't, it is so unique for each couple and for each family. But there's also some very common things and there's some common mistakes that a lot of us make. I think that they forget how hard it is for us at times and vice versa. And I forget sometimes how difficult it must be to not be able to remember very basic things and how different I would feel and how we're raised, especially anywhere around the military. Like you better be a useful engine in Thomas the Train language, but either be a useful engine or get out of the way. And they have that perception that they're somehow not a useful engine. And it's really, they just don't know any other track to ride on. And it's hard to get them to understand that when you feel like you're only the only one paying attention and everybody else just does the sympathetic pat on the back or the, Hey buddy, it'll get better, which is really not helpful. It doesn't do anything because they don't understand. And I realize (laughs) that people aren't saying that to be cold hearted or whatever. They're just, they don't know what to say and they don't get it. Yeah. And they're busy. Yes. 
And they think that they probably, honestly, if I was a civilian and had no idea, there's a lot of these guys having trouble. Why didn't somebody get them together? But you can't, nobody's doing that. It's not a thing. Yeah. 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 I'd like for you to time travel a little bit now, Libby, and tell your future self something about caregiving. What would it be? Like an advice. This one was hard because I'm like, what would I tell myself? I don't even know. It really causes you to go inside yourself and think about these. So I think it's... The one thing I would have told myself, I'll give you my answer because I answer this a lot, is if I would have known, I've oftentimes tried to control my husband whenever he's in his deal. Hey, listen. And he's not going to listen. He's going to match the volume that I'm at. And if anything, go higher than that. Like the only way that if he's mimicking you. So if you go up, he's going to go up. So if you stay down here, he'll probably, it's the only way to keep him down here. Doesn't mean he'll always be down here, but it, that would be the thing I would have told myself because it took me a long time. (laughs) And you know, that's really good for me to even remember right now because I've heard it before. I feel like I haven't heard that in a long time. And I'm really glad you just said that because I needed that reminder just now because that's so true. And I tend to just want yes, to just freak out. Snap off and be like, yeah. And then it triggers him. Exactly. And then we trigger each other and it's this never ending thing. I don't know. Something I tell myself now a lot is I can get through this episode. I've gotten through a lot worse because it really has been so much worse. And so to just stay calm and not get worked, to just not get worked up over every little episode and that it's not the end of the world. I think that's a hard, that one was a hard question. I would, and and then just be grateful for those good moments. Be thankful for the good moments and enjoy those times. I have learned to hold on to those moments more. So hashtag your journey for us. So listeners, the question is what hashtag would you use to describe your journey? I don't even know. Mine was hashtag the good, the bad, and the ugly right? It's been, you've, you have those great moments. You have those really bad moments. And then you have the really ugly moments that you don't want people to see. You don't want to talk about, you don't want to experience anymore. Everybody has the good, the bad, and the ugly moments. And we just need to be grateful for the good, be patient in the bad and in the ugly, just pray about it. You'll get through it at some point. So yeah, finding the resources, finding your support system, finding mindful ways of dealing with things. Yeah, I think, and I said this early on, I think it would probably be, I can do hard things because I can. And I think some of that is mindset too, is that we want to give up sometimes. We want to act like we can't do it and it's too hard. And sometimes it is really hard, but I've gotten through so much and my kids have made it through so much that it proves we can do hard things. Hashtag I can do hard things. I like that hashtag. We had a guest on last year. What was her name? Libby one, Dr. Van Dalen. Yeah. Barbara. She was, yeah, she is like a PhD. She was on the province team. She's a really nice lady. And she told me that her daughters, how did she say it? She said that her daughters, she has to tell them to be brave and she'll tell them this is the one emotion that everybody experiences is fear. And it's how you get around it and moving through it, things like that. And fear doesn't define you. It's what you do 
with that and how it, how it keeps you from growing, which I thought was pretty cool. That's what it reminds me of. I like that. Cause yeah, it's the tools that you use to get through the hard things or the fear or whatever. Yeah. I think that my hashtag, I don't know. I'd probably have to say something like hashtag a new normal because I feel like our normal is a fluctuating target at times. It's, you really feel like, okay, everything is great. And then lo and behold, a new symptom will show up or a medicine will quit working. And you're like, what in the world? I hate the medicine. Wait a second. Did you change something? Because something's off. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there a formulation change in this? But I wonder if it has to do with like the mindset or like the the way that that we're all interacting in that, in that certain situation. I don't know. I think it accumulates over time. If something blows up, is it how we've been responding this whole time? I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to think outside the box here, girls. I do think there is some of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think too, when anytime that you realize you can overcome something, it's easier to overcome is one thing that Richard and I have really been working on. We don't have to get stuck in the same place just because it's routine for us to get stuck in the same place. And oftentimes when you have PTSD or brain injuries mixed with that, you will get stuck just out of just sheer routine. Yep. And once you realize, oh, I'm stopping because of routine, not because I want to stop. And then you can, again, pattern around that. But we've learned there's so much like neuroplasticity. You can get these kinds of diagnosis and say, that's it for me. Or you can get these types of diagnosis and say, you know what, this is going to be challenging, but at least I know what is deficient within me because a lot of people are walking around don't. And at least I know how I can move about um, still waiting on the, the nice pamphlets from the government. They gave out really nice pamphlets to military spouses, but when you're outside of it, you don't get pamphlets anymore. <laughs> going to say, if you're waiting on the government for anything, good luck. No doubt. I'm still waiting on the pamphlet for TBI. <laughs> yeah, uh, here's what you can expect. But yeah. yeah, this has been a fun talk. We read a scripture yes. at the end of our, um, podcast every week. And this week we're going to read out of Ecclesiastes, which I love Ecclesiastes because it's such a, it's such a straightforward book. And it was written by King Solomon, which is the son of uh, King David. And this one's out of the message. It comes out of chapter seven, verses 13 and 14. Take a good look at God's work. Who could simplify and reduce creation's curves and angles to a plain straight line? On a good day, enjoy yourself. On a bad day, examine your conscience. God arranges for both kinds of days so that we won't take anything for granted. And I love that you chose this, Libby. It goes right along with what we said. Um, Number one, it's all about your mindset. It's not for you to determine what kind of a day it is. A lot of times we have multiple types of day within one day. You could have a little bit of a rough morning and then you rebound back. The good part about moving at this speed in life is that you don't often remember everything that went on (laughs) Yep, and you don't remember all of the episodes because it's absolutely impossible to you. And it's easier to, to remember the good times because those are usually ones that have pictures. (laughs) (laughs) True. 
You don't usually just okay, middle of the argument. Jeez. I'm going to try that. Break out of that negative routine. There you go. Let's watch ourselves from the last argument. It's on video. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Well, I bet if we did far. watch ourselves, we'd be like, whoa. Richard and I have video. We have, we've done that to each other because that's before I knew too that he had a brain injury. So I was trying to video him to show him oh. like, this is what you're doing. Isn't this a problem? Because he would oftentimes not remember. That's how he stopped drinking alcohol, though, because he would not drink. So he didn't drink very often. But when he did, it was like, my gosh, son, you were going to burn down the earth. Like, this isn't good. And we went to a concert, a Miranda Lambert concert. Oh, geez. And he forgot that he didn't take shots. He didn't take shots in years. So, of course, he I don't know why he thinks he needs to take a shot. And then he has to have another shot. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good. And so we're in this concert and this, he's standing in the middle of the aisle because he wanted to see. And that was the place where you see. So he's standing in the middle of the aisle. This guy, you know, is like, hey, bud, taps him on the shoulder. Can't see. My husband's, oh, okay. And then just turns around and watches. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, no, but I think he wants you to move, man. And he's, no, I'm, this is where I'm standing. He can fight about it if he wants. And I'm like, okay, it's time to leave. Yep. <laughs> Been there. It's time for us to go Done now. That. And it's, we're going to exit because we're not going to find anybody about standing in the place that says no standing and um, time to go. And he just did. Oh, he got so mad at me. And I was like, baby, you're not making rational choices. This is something that non-drunk you would like already have removed you. So if other Richard I know would stop the situation, I'm allowed to stop this situation. So I'm stopping the situation. Oh my goodness. He was so mad at me. Livid. We made it through and I took him to a hotel because I was like, can't come home drunk, babe. Sorry. You know, get him in the hotel. He wakes up, doesn't want to be in the hotel. It's like, you have to stop. There can be no more of this alcohol. But once he realized too, that his brain was so deficient, it was scary to him too. Like anything could happen because he had no idea that was even going. And it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's very scary because you can lose your life. You can end someone else's life. Someone else's. You yeah. can completely any dignity and honor that he's worked hard to keep. Like he says, if I had a dime for every time he said, I wish I would have died in combat, at least I would have dignity and honor. Now I get yep. home and I'm just Heard a loser. that one. And it would have been better for everyone if I would, at least then people would have cared about you all and you wouldn't be just this person letting a weird guy stay with you. And those are really heartbreaking things, but I've had to show him you've had to work so hard. Do not let Satan write your story. You're better than that. Flip the mind. And it works that those are good things that work, but it is, it's all about mindset. It is. And I love that you guys end with a scripture. That is really cool. Yeah. Trying to share. Well, it's what kept Libby and I grounded. It's what's kept us both. And my husband and I both say that if it wasn't for Christ, like our marriage wouldn't be a thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. I think things would be so much harder on for our family right now. And we probably wouldn't be all together right now. Thanks for tuning in to Behind the Service Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, leave us a review. It helps more people like you find this podcast. Don't forget, every Monday morning, A Joyful Life with Jennifer, which is our caregiver and coaching corner. And tune in on Tuesdays with the Military Spouse Perspective, hosted by Becca Hyde. 
We'll talk to you next week. Bye.